Well, good morning again. Great to have you here with us. Hey, thanks for taking our challenge and coming to the 9 a.m. service. It's great to, to have this service a little more full, and I think uh, we really appreciate it. I don't know whether you did that on purpose or not, but either way, I'm going to commend you and say thanks, and uh, hopefully that opens up some seats at our 10.30 service and 11.30 service. It's great to, to be together today, and today is something that, that we do every year, and we call this service our Vision Sunday service. Now that all the students are back and our whole church is back together heading into this year 2020 even though it is February we are excited to just kind of share the vision and the values uh, that H2O calls their own and really it's kind of like a discipline of ours every year to start off the year when we're all back together just recasting vision for the type of church that we believe that God wants us to be and, and kind of one of the, the the core beliefs that we have with Vision Sunday is this reality that everybody Everybody ends up somewhere, but few people intentionally end up going where they want to go. Think about that for a minute. In, in your own life, as an individual, as an organization, maybe in your place of work, everybody does end up somewhere, right? We're doing lots of different things, and there's many things that we can focus our attention and energy on. So everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up intentionally going to the place that we believe that God wants us to go. And so for us, Vision Sunday is important to kind of realign ourselves every year with the vision and the values that we believe that God has given us. And, and this Sunday is about defining what is important to us, defining what type of church that we believe God is calling us to be and continuing to push into that calling and that vision and striving to align ourselves with the mission and vision of God that he's given our a particular local church here at H2O BG. And as we think and as we talk about uh, this, this idea of vision, the, the Bible talks about vision oftentimes. One of the verses that if you've been to one of our church services before or maybe another church, you probably heard this verse about vision a lot because it's quoted. It's in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, for lack of vision, people perish. Or, or another version uh, of that translation of that verse says uh, that with a lack of vision, people throw off restraint. Essentially meaning that unless we kind of have a clear vision that we can align ourselves with, we might just chase every opportunity that we have. It's kind of like squirrel. Oh, you know, over there. And we may chase after all of these different things and maybe even some good things, but we won't intentionally end up where God is calling us to go. And so vision is extremely important. The Bible talks about it. And not only is it important to have vision, but it's important to continually revisit vision because we know that a vision, while as important as it is, it actually kind of leaks, right? We have lots of other things that are going on in our lives. And so if vision is like this bucket of water, there's a hole at the bottom of it. And you have to continually fill it up and remind yourself of it in order to stay on track. And you know, this Sunday, is, it's about two things. It's about explaining who we are and, and how we believe that God wants us to function as a church. And then it's about inviting every single person here. Every single person who calls H2O their church home to be part of that mission and vision and the values that we believe God has given us. And so we are excited today. You know, as I was thinking and preparing for this message, I was thinking about this, this verse in Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, it's a really powerful verse. And, and Paul is talking to this church in Ephesus. And he says this prayer to the church. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is in work within 
us. And I was thinking about that verse. He's praying to God and he says, now to him who is able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Just think about that statement for a minute, right? Because think about all the things that we could ask for or imagine. You know, as a pastor of a church and thinking about the the vision and all the things, I, I think and imagine and dream often about God's plan for our church. I think and I dream and I often have these images of families you know, coming together, of marriages being saved, of young people being raised up, of addictions being broken, of making an impact on the campus and the city in ways that would just like blow our minds. I imagine that and I hope and pray that you do too. But Paul says, listen, when you submit your plans to God, God can do more than you can even imagine. God can blow out of of your mind the expectations and the hopes and the dreams that you have when you work in accordance to his power that's in work within all of us. And that's such a great reminder here on this Vision Sunday that this church, as we start off and as we're about to share some of our our visions and values, the the first thing that we have to make sure that we constantly remind ourselves of, and, and as pastors and staff, we talk about this often, this church is God's church. It is his. Any church that is truly following God's, it's his. It's not one person. It's not one group of people's. It is God's church. And when we align ourselves with him, he can do some amazing, powerful things. And we get to just be part of that. We get to come along for the ride. And we get to be part of unleashing his power in ways that we can't even imagine. What a beautiful thing. And I know that so many of us, we desire and we long for that opportunity. And so today is about continuing to try to align ourselves with that. So here is our mission. You've probably heard it before if you've been around H2O. But we talk about our mission being inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. At H2O, we are about inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. And that mission statement kind of has a couple different parts that it breaks down to. First, we talk about inviting people. You know, we want to be a church that is welcoming. We want to be a church that is loving. We want to be known for what we're for, not just what we're against. And so we want to invite people to be part of the family of God that he has gathered together here. And that takes all of us taking steps of faith and actually having conversations with people and actually knowing people so that we can invite them into what God is doing. But here's the the cool thing about that mission statement is we're not just inviting them to a group or we're not just inviting them to a club or even a service. We're inviting them to something much more than that. We're inviting them into an opportunity to find and to follow Jesus. And we believe that that's what life is really all about. That's what discipleship is all about. It's about knowing Jesus and making him known. And so as a church, our desire is that we would continually invite people into that, but then finally that we would do it together. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit as well, but it is so important for us that we realize that that the church is a a family of God. It's a community. And I think that that is something that that is so compelling to the world around us, to see us loving one another in a way that doesn't always exist in the rest of the world. 
inviting people to find and follow Jesus and doing it together. And so today I'm just going to talk through uh, our, our four core values that we have as a church. And, and, and you probably know this, but, but every individual, every organization, they have values, right? And the question is, are they intentional about speaking those values and continuing to keep those values aligned with what they believe that God is calling them to do? And so we have these four core values that are written down. And, and of course, we have more than just four values, but these are the four that we feel like if we had to make distinctives and kind of put them at the top of the list of the things that we care about most. These are the four things that we really run everything that we do here at H2O through the lens of do they align with these values that we believe that God has given them. And so they're in your handout. You can follow along with us. And and the first one is this. We value biblical faithfulness. We value the Bible here at H2O. And I hope you know that if you've been with us for any amount of time. I want to read uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. It says this, uh, But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of. Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, who is a young pastor, and Paul is encouraging him. He says, As for you, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you've heard it and learned it from, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise, not just smart, but wise for salvation through faith in Christ. And then Paul says these these words that, that are so profound that still stick with us. Paul says, All Scripture... It's God-breathed. It's like God spoke it out. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now here at H2O, uh, the top core value that we have is this church is built on God, and it's built on his word. And our prayer is that we would never swerve from that, Because the moment that we do, we stop being the church that God wants us to be. It is important for us that we put God's word way above our own opinions, way above anything else that may come into our life that may be tempted to influence us. And this is the primary driver of everything we do as a church. It's so important to us. You know, I, I heard this analogy and I, I thought it was pretty fitting for this point. I don't know if anybody knows, but there's something happening tonight um, that's kind of a big deal, the Super Bowl, right? And it's kind of like this national pastime that, that I'm sure you're going to watch, if nothing else, for the commercials, right? Because uh, it's fun to get together and enjoy it. Uh, but, but not just the Super Bowl, but any football game, really any team sport, there's actually three teams that are part of every single game that's going on. And specifically, you'll see this play out tonight. There will actually be three teams that are going to be out there on that field. We know the first two teams, right? The, the Kansas City Chiefs, it's actually cool. There's two former Falcons that are on the roster uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty cool to get to see those guys be on the field. And there's 53 players on the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and there's a bunch of coaching staff, and there is a bunch of people that will be on the sideline. And then, you know, the, the San Francisco 49 a just quick poll, how many of you guys are rooting for the Chiefs? Okay, how many 49ers? Don't care. Okay, that's, I, I figured I'm kind of in that boat, but you know, former Falcons, let's root for the Chiefs, right? Why not? Okay, so 
there are, there are two teams that are uh, opposing one another. In, in football especially, I mean, I, I've seen it as being the chaplain here at BGSU. It is three hours of a non-negotiable conflict where, where these teams are just going at one another. And it's non-negotiable because they are headed in opposite directions and they are physically trying to stop the other person from getting to the goal line. It is a battle. It is a conflict that happens. And in the midst of these two teams, that are having this non-negotiable conflict, there's a third team that's supposed to control that chaos. That's the team of officials, right? That's the team of officials. The, the, and some people don't like the officials, right? Uh, but, but they're a team. There'll, there'll actually be nine of them down on the field tonight. And their role is to try to manage the chaos. And the role is to try to make sure that this conflict plays out in the way that it is supposed to play out. Now, now here's the interesting thing. As those officials are out on the field, there's only nine of them. And there's 53 players on each team. But those officials have a lot of control, don't they? Those officials have a lot of authority, don't they? And the reason they have authority is because they are commissioned from the NFL by a book. They're given a rule book from the headquarters in New York City that tells them exactly how they are supposed to conduct and manage the chaos that is happening on that field. And any good official knows, and some are better than others, I can tell you from experience, but any good official knows that even though the players are bigger, stronger, faster than them, and the, the refs are smaller, they're fatter, they're slower, but any good official knows that they have the power and they have the authority over that conflict that's happening. Why? Because they have the rules of the book. They have a whistle, and they have a flag, and they've been given authority to control that chaos. And a good official knows that there will be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people watching that game. And some of the calls that they make, people will be cheering for, and they'll be so excited and happy. And other calls, people will be booing, and they will be extremely wet. But a good official doesn't let the outside forces influence what they know is true about the book. They simply go and do what they've been commissioned to do. They, they call the game according to the book, and so they have to know it by heart. They have to have it memorized. They have to study it, and they have to play it out without interference from all the chaos that's going on all around them. And in that sense, it's kind of like we're the officials that God has, has said, listen, I want you, there's chaos going on all around in this world, but I'm going to give you a tool that gives you authority to go out into the world and to make an impact, to go out into the world and know that you have power, not because you're smarter or stronger or faster, but because you have this book. And it gives you the, the rules of life, and it gives you the power that God has given each and every one of us. And so as, as we think about that analogy, I, I want you to know we believe that this, the Word of God, is the thing that gives us the authority to make an impact in the world. And we have to base our life and our church on this. 
We can't base it on popular opinion. You know that the things that the, that some of the things, at least that the world called good 40 years ago are now called evil, and some of the things that the world called evil 40 years ago are now called good? The, the world's opinions change. Sometimes people are booing and sometimes people are cheering, and we can't get too caught up in that. We have to center who we are and what God says. And that's his word written to us. And that's one of our values as a church. You know, the the Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse 8, that the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the the word of God, it endures forever. We want to build our church and our lives on something that's eternal. Not just opinions, but something that's real. J.I. Packer, he says this about, about the Bible. He says, Holy Scripture should be thought of as God preaching. God preaching to me every time I read or hear any part of it. God the Father preaching, God the Son in power, and God the Holy Spirit. He says as we open up the pages of the Bible, it's not just good advice. It's not even just rules. It is God speaking to us about how we can live our lives and the power that we can have from following him. And so as a church, we're committed to keeping this as our our top value and who we are and what we do. We're centered in biblical faithfulness, and that's one of our values. Second is this. This is a second core value that is pretty distinctive about H2O Church. And when we say it like this, we value gospel grit. We value gospel grit. There's not too much that's original in, in church world, but I think we actually uh, created that phrase, and, and I love it because I think it defines who we are as a church. It's based off this verse in Colossians 3.23. It says, Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, classes, job that you don't like, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you are working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as rewarded. It is the Lord that you are serving Gospel grit. Angela Duckworth, uh, maybe you, you've heard some of this, this talk about grit. It's kind of a, a trendy word a few years ago. She defines grit as a passion and a perseverance for long-term goals. And she goes on to describe that grit is a much better indicator of success than education or intelligence. Now that gives me some hope, okay? I didn't exactly kill my ACT score, okay? But she says, listen, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room to be successful. You don't have to be the most educated person to be successful. You have to have a passion and a perseverance to reach a long-term goal. And yet we know even more than just the psychologists who study this type of thing. We don't want to just be gritty for the sake of being gritty. We want to have gospel-centered grit. And we we define gospel grit as a willingness to do whatever it takes to accomplish the mission that God has given us. That's what we, we try to strive for here at H2O, uh, a willingness to do whatever it takes in our power to, to accomplish the mission that God has given us. And it's way less about our capacity just to, to gut things out. It's way less about our ability to just uh, uh, do more and more work. And it's way more about our ability to lean into what has already been done for us on the cross of Jesus, gospel-centered we talk about this quote a lot here at H2O, but Dallas Willard, he, he says this, Grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. 
Grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. And sadly, sometimes in, in the church world, we assume because God has grace for us, that means that, that we don't have a partnership in partnering with him and actually putting effort into the mission that he's called us to. Dallas Willard reminds us, listen, grace isn't opposed to effort. Anything worth doing will take some work, will take some grit, will take some energy, will take some sleepless nights, will take some sweat, blood, and tears. Anything worth doing will take some of that. So God's grace isn't opposed to effort. It's only opposed to earning. If we think God owes us something, if we think we deserve something because of how hard we're working or the effort that we're putting in, then we have it all wrong because, listen, God is God. And so he doesn't owe us anything. Grace isn't opposed to effort. It's only opposed to earning. And as I think about our church and I think about many of us, I'm just so proud Uh, of our leaders and our church and their desire to make an impact. And I think some of the things that we do, you know, people look at and they're like, wow, that takes a lot of effort and energy. It's like, yeah, it does. Because we're partnering with God in the mission that we believe that he's calling us to. You know, I was thinking of an example of this, and I was thinking all of our staff, they, they do some awesome, amazing things. But I was thinking about um, one of our staff in particular, Lauren Ballard. Lauren's one of our directors here, and, um, and, and she, she's done amazing things. All of our staff, they raise their own support. They, they pour their lives into so many people, and they do so many things behind the scenes that we don't even see. But, but just back in December, one of Lauren's roles as one of our directors is she's in charge of our events. And so we have this big Christmas party that many of you came to. It was a blast out at, you know, the uh, over uh, off campus at BGSU and out at the uh, field house. And so we had all these different blow-ups and different things, and Lauren was in charge of kind of organizing, and there's a great team that helped do it, and it was, it was super fun. It was great. So at the, at the end of the, the party, she had this jousting pit. Well, Lauren and her husband decided to have some fun and joust with one another. Now, Lauren's husband, Chris, he's pretty competitive, and so as they were jousting with one another, he hits her, and she didn't know it at the time, but he breaks two or three of her fingers as they're jousting during our, our Christmas party. And uh, so she stopped jousting, and, and, and I talked to her a couple times. She's like, yeah, my fingers hurt a little bit. We went through the whole night, and she stayed till the very last minute. She's cleaning up. She's directing traffic. She's making sure that everything gets done. And then at the end of the night, she kind of realized, oh, actually, these are in pretty bad shape. So she had to go to the ER and had to make sure that her fingers and get all this pain medication and, and have her fingers bandaged up for months. And she had to follow a workman comps plate. I, I just love that uh, picture, though, because it's like Lauren wasn't going to leave the party. She only had a couple broken fingers. You know, she was going to do her job for a few more hours and stay till the very end and clean up. And, and it's a silly example, but I think there's so many examples of, of people uh, just serving in ways it takes grit. And I love being part of a church that is willing to put in the effort to accomplish the mission that God is calling us to. Third is this. We value authentic community. We value authentic community. In 1 John chapter 4, Verses 12 and 11, it says this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. John says this phrase that I think is, is still a phrase that we should wrestle with. He says, no one has ever seen God. We'll come back to that. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. John states a problem here that our world is still wrestling with. No one has ever seen God. 
Have you ever talked to somebody or tried to talk to somebody about God? They're like, I haven't seen him. I don't even know if he's real. Where is God? Is he real? It's like, well, oxygen, have you seen that? You know, it's real too, right? You know, and, and we say things like that. But John's like, no, it's, it's a problem. It's a legitimate thing that we need to address. No one has ever seen God. But then he says, don't worry, there's a solution. No one has ever seen God. But, conjunction, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. How do you see God? You look at the community of people that he has brought together and you watch the way that you lo they love one another and that's how you see God. Those are powerful words. That is a high calling that we have as a church. We get to make the invisible God visible to the world around us by the way that we love one another. What a beautiful opportunity for us to live out this authentic community that the Bible talks about so oftentimes. And we want to be a church where our relationships go beyond the surface and they allow for real connections around what matters most. Jesus and his words to us. And, and sadly, sometimes even in our culture and in our world, we've reduced Christianity to these three C's. We've reduced Christianity to conferences and concerts and church services. And listen, there's nothing wrong with those things. In fact, they're, they're great, and sometimes they help us connect with God, but, but our faith is way more than just those three C's. It's way more than just conferences and concerts and church services. Living out the church is about being part of an authentic community that truly loves one another. We dream of being a church where everyone feels welcomed and everyone can belong no matter who you are no matter what your background is no matter where you've been no matter what you look like we want you to know that you are welcomed here and we long to live out the gospel and make God visible to the world around us and we're not perfect at it if you've been here any amount of time, you know that we're not perfect at it and we're going to fall short. But at the same time, our heart and our vision as a church is that we would experience that real community that God has called us to. We talk about our groups all the time because it's a starting point. It's not the only way that we live out community, of course, but it's a starting point for this authentic community that God's called us to. And, and we believe that when we live in that community, it unleashes the freedom that God wants for each and every one of us. So we value authentic community. And then fourth and finally, we value empowering everyone. We value empowering everyone. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. We want to be a church that truly empowers people to use their God-given gifts and their personalities and the way that God has created them so uniquely to bring him glory. We want to be a church where every person can serve at their highest level of character and capacity. We want to empower and equip you to be the person that God has called you to be. 
We talk about the well all the time at H2O because, again, it's a starting point to doing that. We have spiritual gifts assessments. We try to help point people into the way that, that we think that God might be calling them to serve. We talk about mission trips where you get to go and meet tangible needs and get empowered to lead in a lot of different ways. As we think about this reality, we believe that God and that our church is all of us together. You know, we want to measure our church's success and we've talked about this a lot at H2O, but not by our seating capacity, not just by how many people can show up on a Sunday, but by our sending capacity, by how many people we can empower to live out the gospel. It's one of the reasons we love reaching college students, because many of you, you come here with the intention of leaving, right? You will be sent somewhere. And if we can be part of equipping you and empowering you in your time here, wow, we get to send out so many of you all over the world. And it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. We want you to serve within our, our church. We have all these different teams and different ways that you can make an impact from H2O Kids to our production team, greeting team, all these different things. But not only do we want to empower you to serve within the church, we want to empower you to serve where you are in your classes, in your places of work, on your athletic teams, whatever it may look like. We don't believe that the church is, is just the only place that you can serve. We want you to serve where God has you. You spend most of your time in other places, not just this building, right? And so we want to empower you to take the gospel where you go and where you spend your time. That's a huge part uh, of what we believe God has called us to be as a church. It's an important value of ours. So as we close, I, I want to just tell you about a couple things that we're excited about for, for 2020. We talked about this last year, and uh, as we think about our H2O network, it's a little bit over 10 years now, and, and the original vision was to be on every major college town in the state of Ohio, and we feel like there's, there's two more college towns that we are praying and hoping that God would allow us to, to reach, uh, uh, Miami, Oxford of Ohio, and Athens, OU, uh, down in, in southeast Ohio. And, uh, and we've been talking and praying and kind of starting to put together a team. And our hope and prayer is that by the end of 2020, we would have a team solidified. Uh, we would have a leader, which we're, we're already uh, planning on that being Joe and Sammy Callagher that are going to hopefully take a team of H2O people down there to start a, a new church at Athens, Ohio, at OU. And we're hoping and praying by the end of 2020 that we would be ready to launch out that team so that they could plant in the fall of 2021. And I think, wow, that is so cool. Church planning is so hard. And our hope and our prayer is that we will send some of our very best people to that church. That's crazy, right? Who does that? We want some of our very best people to leave and go start something new because we believe that is a place that desperately needs reach. And so you can be praying about that. If you're somebody who's in a season of life where a move could make sense to you, why not move with gospel intentionality to a place that desperately needs to hear the gospel. We're excited about that in 2020 and solidifying that, as well as dreaming about some other church plants and getting things rolling and, 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 and solidifying some of our other churches around the H2O network. Uh, we're also dreaming and planning on how we can continue to have our campus side of our church and our city side of the church work together. You know, 2019 was such an awesome year for our church. 
to see the impacts that we were starting to make. We helped start a fellowship of Christian athletes, one that we already run over at BGSU, but we helped to start one over on the campus at Bowling Green High School. And, and that was so fun to be a part of. And it's just getting going. It's just getting started. And there's college students that are giving up their time and coming into the high school uh, every couple weeks and spending time investing in the next generation to them. And we dream of other things like that. How can these two sides of our church continue to encourage and support one another? We have all this energy and zeal in our young people, and we have all this wisdom and, 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 and just ability to shepherd and guide in our city side, and we, we think that God is going to do awesome things as we continue to have those sides work together. And most importantly, in 2020, our desire is just that every single one of us would continue to draw closer to Christ. It's not this crazy dream with, with this, you know, catchy name, but really, that's what we want for our church. That's our heart as we think about that, because we believe if we do, then the right things will happen. We talked about it in our last series so much. We believe if we become the right type of people, the right things will follow. And so we're excited to see all that God is going to do in 2020. Our hope and our prayer is that God would stir you to be a part of that. Every believer was meant to live in community. And so if this is your church, then we want to invite you to be part of owning that mission and being part of the community that God has here, investing in it, not just standing on the sidelines, but being active and participating in the mission and vision that God has called us to. I think the best days of H2O are ahead, and I'm so thankful to be a part of this church family. So let me pray for us, and then let's spend some time worshiping God. God, we thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you're continuing to do. Guys, we think about that verse in Ephesians chapter 3, Lord. We have hopes and dreams. We have imagination of what you can do. But God, we know you can do even more than that. And so, Lord, as we seek to follow you, would you help us to be a church family that points others towards you, that sacrifices for one another, that lives by the values that you lay out for us in your word, that is willing to, to, to take on the effort of living out the mission that you've called us to, that, that lives in authentic, real community that empowers one another and equips one another to serve both here in the church and outside our walls. God, we thank you and we praise you for the calling that you put on us as individuals and as a church. God, we want to be faithful with that. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.